The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Logan Brand, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I can't believe it, gentlemen. The Bears are now at 7-7, seven and seven, getting a huge win against the Minnesota Vikings. Today, we've got Mike Page, we've got Logan Bradley, we've got Jack Wright. Before we get started, gentlemen, we're just uh, going to throw this out here again. Folks, we are thrilled to announce that we are going to be sponsored uh, by our very good friend, Jeff Cadwallader. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Chicagoland area, you've got to give my guy Hefe a call. 630-254-4734 or visit genevajeff.com. That's G-E-N-E-V-A-J-E-F-F.com. He grew up in the business. He brings three generations of real estate experience to the table. Wonderful guy, amazing guy. If you're looking for a home, you got to give Hefe a call. 630-254-4734. All right, gentlemen. Let's start off with the good. What are the things that truly stood out to you Logan, I'm going to go to you first. The, the thing that stood out to you most about this game that you just think, wow, this was awesome. How can it not be Cairo Santos? It, we complained for so long in the city of Chicago for the last two or three years about the fact that we didn't have a kicker. We were doing competitions in training camp. Reporters were spending 90% of their time on the job talking about how well the Bears kickers did during practices. We don't have to worry about that anymore. And Cairo Santos, every time he has stepped up to kick this year, has looked like he's confident and he's shown that he's confident. I mean, 22 in a row, I believe, is at this point what it is. That's insane. And we just we, we should truly be talking about it more because I half say, like, as a joke that he is our MVP this year. But my God, at some point, you have to actually kind of consider that being the truth where, you know, He's just been incredible, so I'm very happy to see that we don't have to talk about kickers anymore. And when he steps up, I just feel confident. That contract has got to be waiting sooner rather than later. They've, they've got to have a contract for him ready to go. You've been hurting for a kicker since Robbie Gold. It's, it's time. Mike Page, what about you? What, what really stood out to you about this particular game? I could easily go with Cairo as well. I love – the fact that he's now not only solidified himself as the Bears kicker, but he's solidifying himself as a Pro Bowl kicker. He might be representing the NFC in, in the Pro Bowl, which is really, really cool. But if I'm giving out game balls, it's got to go to David Montgomery. He had uh, a career high, 142 yards, I believe, on 30 carries. 32 carries. That is amazing. And he was breaking tackles. He was running hard all game. And I love to see that. So my game ball goes to David Montgomery. 32 carries for number 32. Gentlemen, I texted you guys about this during the middle of the game. I like Patterson. Cordero Patterson, the special teamers. I still don't understand why they're trying to make him a running back when he's not. He gets hurt, which really hurts the special teams unit. But they fed David Montgomery, and it clearly worked out. Jack Wright, what about you? What, what was the thing that really stood out to you about this game? Well, I think Logan makes a great point about Santos. And when they mentioned that Bailey had, you know, whiffed on four kicks last week, I thought that the game might come down to a field goal, you know. So it is something that is on the margins so often that it's only a problem when it's a problem. It's only a part of the conversation when 
there are misses. And so I think especially Bears fans don't take it for granted when field goals are made, but definitely offense to see the offensive line begin to gel a little bit from being so incredibly terrible, really um, to begin to gel, to be able to establish an inside zone running game. And then to see Monty uh, reap the rewards of that inside run run game is, is incredible. Um, We all know how important running the ball is, especially old school, old school, you know, uh, monsters of the midway black and blue you know division football you got to run the ball you got to be able to possess the ball and I think especially in the second half holding on to the ball via the run and grinding out yards was so crucial to a Bears win I talked about it I'm going to play that I told you guys so Sam Mustafer. I am a broken record you guys are sick of hearing it anyone that listened to this podcast is sick of hearing it but once he has moved to center Cody Whitehair has moved to guard uh Alex Bars is, is doing significantly better, but think about this, gentlemen. When James Daniels comes back next season and is playing guard, now tackle they need a draft or they need to bring in a free agent. I don't think any of us are going to argue about that, but the interior of this line, Jack, to your point, has been stellar since, since Mitch came back. Now, you guys know it. I'm, I'm a Mitch guy, and I need to put this out for first and foremost. He is not a perfect quarterback. That interception to J.P. Holtz was awful. It was a bad decision. I think it was a bad play call. It was a bad decision. But this is my thing that stood out to me more than anything else this game. Bill Lazor and Mitch Trubisky running this Kevin Stefanski-style offense is significantly better than Nick Foles and whatever the hell Matt Nagy was trying to run. Your thoughts on that, gentlemen? Well, I think... You are absolutely correct. You, I will say, have a tendency to be more pro-Mitch Ryan than the rest of us. And while I think we all wanted him to succeed from the very beginning, it has been a major struggle bus watching him throughout the course of the years. It's too small a sample for him. Ultimately, I guess what we were talking quite a bit about in all of our threads was what is going to happen now with the future? It makes it so difficult because he's playing well and because the offense is clicking and because Laser is doing such a nice job calling plays. If you can franchise tag him, great. But I I need to see a a larger body of work from him. I need to see him be successful in more games and have less mistakes in more games. And then I'm happy to drink the Kool-Aid. I would love it if that draft pick finally pays off. I'll even say, Ryan Pace, you were a genius. Well, I don't know. That's probably not going to happen, but... Yeah. Yeah. I I like when you say that it's too small of a sample size because that's exactly what it is. I'm 100% down to give Mitch Trubisky credit because he's, he's looked like a phenomenal quarterback the past couple of weeks, maybe phenomenal is a little bit too much. He's looked like a quarterback that is, you know, like you said, Ryan can win. You can win games with a quarterback like Mitch with how he's playing right now. For me, it's less of me looking at as Mitch has improved a ton and it's more of an indictment on Matt Nagy with the difference that there has been. I, I feel like I've been wishy-washy going back and forth sort of on how I feel about Matt Nagy for the most part, I've been frustrated with him, but the, the changes that obviously have been made within the offense and the comfortability that Mitch shows on top of the fact that look at what David Montgomery did today when you ran the ball as many times as you did, and he refuses to do that again, 
a complete indictment on Matt Nagy in my mind, and I just can't think of it any other way. That's why it's kind of hard for me to give Mitch just so much shine right now that he probably deserves is because I'm so frustrated that this just should have been happening earlier. Logan, I want to ask you a very specific question. If Patterson doesn't get hurt, do you think Matt Nagy runs David Montgomery 32 times this game? Just, I like going on track record and track record shows that no, he would not have given David Montgomery the ball that many times. So, you know, I I would never in a million years root for a player to be hurt and especially not Cordero because he seems like a phenomenal guy. And I actually think he's not that bad at running the ball. But no, in a million years, I don't think that there's any chance that they run uh, David Montgomery as much as they did today. Mike, I really want to hear your thoughts on this debate, but I I think I I come back to the point that you just made, Logan, which was this is an indictment of Matt Nagy. That dude should never be near a play call sheet ever again. Bill Lazor has shown that he, he can take the talent that he has and he can make it work. I've, I've said this, Jack, you and I argued this at the beginning of the season. We argued it quite fiercely was that I think we, you know, we both agreed on this. Matt Nagy is a great culture guy. Now I wonder, does he stick around after this season, even if they make a run and they somehow get into the playoffs? It seems given the track record of the bears organization. And I think Chicago sports teams in general, that the loyalty card will win out. It's, It's a huge wild card right now. I think there's too many what ifs and there's two games left on the schedule. If I had to guess right now, if I, if you were going to ask me to make a wager, I'd say, I would say everybody stays around and I'm not saying that's the right decision, but I would, I would guess if they win in Jacksonville and are competitive in green Bay, everybody stays around and bears fans are frustrated and we'll see how it goes. I get the sense that Jacksonville is going to play tougher than their schedule. Uh, And I sincerely hope that the bears don't play down to them, but I'm still going to be picking the bears to win versus Jacksonville. It really comes down to is green Bay going to rest their starters, which I get the sense that they're not going to do that. I think Aaron Rodgers is too competitive a dude. He will fight uh, for that spot no matter what. And it really comes down to seeing Can Mitch earn the franchise tag, which is probably the only way he stays in Chicago for another season? I don't don't know, gentlemen. It's very fitting. It's very fitting that this season is probably going to come down to a week 17 game against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. It's going to be really, it's going to be really interesting to see, but as of right now, I do not have high hopes for that game at all based on how the defense was playing really the past three to four games in terms of giving up big plays, letting opposing defenses march down the field quickly too. I mean, some of these scoring drives that opposing teams are, are, are getting are only chewing up a minute or two off the clock and that's dealing with quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford. I mean, think about what, what Aaron Rodgers is going to do to this Bears defense in Week 17. I'm, I'm terrified about it. Now, just to cover this whole podcast, but because I'm a nice guy and I care about all of us, I'm going to not overlook this Jaguars game quite yet next week just because this is the NFL I think any team can win on any any given week, and I'm not ready to give the Bears so much credit just to think that 
they can go on the road against it is a bad Jaguars team no doubt about it they got trounced by the Ravens today but at the same time I'm just saying I'm not ready to give this team the benefit of the doubt against really anybody so I want to see what they do next week because as we all know the way that we feel about the Bears can change with a gust of wind and so I, I want to see them play good next week against the Jaguars and then I'll worry about the Packers game. How great does it feel that we don't have to really talk about the Vikings in the playoff picture anymore. I mean, just the fact that we knocked the Vikings out of playoff contention today brings me a ton of happiness. And I know that Kevin Milewski and Brian Highfill are just super pissed right now. But I think Kevin said on the last podcast, he didn't really care who won this game as long as whoever did win had a shot at the Packers. And I thought that was an interesting perspective, but I mean, the Vikings being out is, is just fantastic. How about Kirk Cousins? Uh, I, I'm curious what you guys think. I mean, that dude is wound tight and he's a roller coaster of a quarterback. He can either be phenomenal or really, really terrible. Would you in the past, let's say two seasons have taken Kirk Cousins over Mitch Trubisky? No way, right? That contract it's not Kirk Cousins is a roller coaster of a quarterback, but his contract is absurd. He's not worth that money. He has been good at times, but if Mitch had Justin Jefferson to throw to Kyle Rudolph and Dalvin Cook, he's going to look way better than he does. I mean, Allen Robinson is great. Darnell Mooney is gentlemen. We've talked about it. Darnell Mooney looks so good and he's going to be so much better. Cole Komet, only had two catches, but I think he's going to be a piece of it. However, when you look at the weapons that are in Minnesota, it's, it's not close. They clearly have the better weapons. Kirk Cousins, I, I, I love Brian Heifel. I love Kevin Olefsky, but with their, you know, I, why? I don't understand the love for Kirk Cousins. Uh, Logan, to your point, I, I, I want to reiterate when I said, I think Jacksonville is going to play tougher than, than, their, than their record. Gentlemen, if we could flip this real quick, and Mike, you just started talking about it just a little bit. Let's talk about the bad in this game, because there was a lot of bad. Mike, I really want to hear your thoughts on this. Chuck Pagano, I'm done. I'm done with this guy. I'm done with his, his, his scheme. It, it's every once in a while you're going, why is that guy there? Is it, is it because they don't know how to run a defense? I, there's way too much talent on this team to be this bad on defense. Yeah, this really soft coverage zone scheme that Pagano's pushing is not working. Uh, one of the reasons that I said earlier is because that these opposing teams are scoring so fast. It's happening so fast. Like this soft scheme, this prevent defense can work if you can chew up the clock and these opposing offenses are just marching down so fast that it's completely ineffective and there were some good things on the defense that I did like today those two fourth down stops essentially won us the game Khalil Mack single-handedly uh, stopped that final fourth down play that essentially handed the Bears the, the game you know Bilal Nichols had a good game John Jenkins had three really really nice plays and as a backup nose tackle that's pretty impressive, but you know, I got to give Eddie Jackson, my weekly uh, dose of criticism. I don't know what to say about Eddie Jackson. That contract is insane. 
I'm currently wearing a number 39 shirt right now, kind of as a joke from the rest of the BDR guys, because they know that I'm not an Eddie Jackson fan. He made three terrible, terrible plays again, and he, he's not making any plays either. And for that contract, it's just chewing up this whole Bears squad, and, and I, don't, I don't know where we go with Eddie Jackson after this season. What, what do we do with Eddie? Jack, I want to I wanna throw a name out there for you. Brent Urban, any, any comments that you would like to make about Mr. Brent Urban? I knew you'd come at me with this. I mean, if you go unblocked, then you go unblocked. Do you get credit for, what'd you say to me, winning the game? I mean, honestly, you and Mike and Logan, all of us could have run freely to the quarterback and got our arms up in front of Kirk Cousins on that particular, particular play. No one touched him. No but he looked, he looked really good doing it, though. Perhaps. I mean, he's tall. I mean, he, what is he, 6'7", I think? And that's part of the reason. Again, it's just really weird. He had a great year with the Baltimore Ravens, and I think that's why they ended up signing him. But, you know, as we've talked about at nauseum, just, just watching him in breakdowns in films, he's, just, he's not a very physical player. And I think they've decreased his playing time, and I think that has, that's addition by subtraction for the D-line lately. Logan, I want to come to you with this. Jalen Johnson out. Duke Shelley gets banged up a little bit. Is this secondary going to be better when these guys are healthy, or is it a Pagano scheme thing? What are you kind of thinking about this? Uh, it's funny you ask that. I, I do think that they're going to be better, but honestly, one guy that I did kind of want to bring up at one point was Duke Shelley, and it's not the fact that he had some phenomenal out-of-this-world game or something today, but I saw him a few times. I know he made a big third-down stop. I think it was tackling Dalvin Cook late in the game and just kind of saw him show up, step up, and and fill some shoes today. And for a young guy, that that's pretty important. So I do think that the secondary is going to be okay because there's enough playmakers Eddie Jackson has his holes, as Mike has pointed out over and over again. We know that. I think that he's going to be fine, and he's going to do kind of what you know he's going to do. So I think they will be okay as long as we're seeing some of these young guys like Duke Shelley step up the, in the way that he has. Jack, I want to go to you with this next question because you uh, have called an offense. You've been an offensive coach before. Mike Zimmer decides to go for it not once – but twice inside his own 40-yard line with uh, fourth and short. And two, let's just say questionable calls. Can you maybe kind of walk us through, like maybe what was going through his head through that? There's so many factors. I think in recent years, the game has changed quite a bit. And there is so, so much of a focus on metrics that they break down statistically the potential results of those particular situations. And they know in advance before the game even starts if they will go, right? Or at least they'll put it in Zimmer's hand and say, okay, here are the percentages and the possible outcomes. And then obviously he makes the call. Now you think about it on that first one, it seemed ridiculous. Bears only got three points. So, you know, if you kind of think of that and extrapolate it, you know, it out throughout the course of the game, if they get it, that's a pretty good risk reward ratio. Now, there's also momentum. There's also how good your defense is. There are so many factors, but 
But I do think this is one instance, and, and I, I appreciate the nod, but I think probably my experience in high school maybe doesn't transfer because, I mean, I know there's some college teams and there's some high school teams that never punt the ball when they begin to look at the percentages and the outcomes. So I don't think I would have the onions to do that on, you know, whatever, fourth and two on my own 30, but it's not as terrible as it looks on the surface. So we are really fortunate over the next two weeks, we've got two phenomenal offensive minds coming in. Uh, we have Mike Fitzgerald and Michael Jelinek. And I'm not going to give the official titles yet, gentlemen, uh, because we just want to make sure that their jobs uh, are okay with it. But let's just say that these two guys know football. Uh, both have been uh, head coaches, or at least have been coaches at the varsity level. Um, one is coached at the co college level and both played in college. And I'm, I'm probably going to ask them that exact same question, Jack. Uh, you know, you're right. High school, vastly different experience. But, but just to, the, the more that we know, the more we can ask, the more great offensive minds we can get after, the better. Gentlemen, anything else left you want to say about this game in particular? I mean, it was a good game. It was, it was well played. It was not sloppy. There were not a ton of turnovers or penalties. And I was pleased. I mean, we obviously really enjoy our football. And we've lamented the fact that so often watching a Bears game is just a dumpster fire. So I'm really happy to be able to watch a great game and see the Bears pull it off. Super Bowl, Super Bears. Let's go. All right, are you ready for this, guys? The Bears can clinch a playoff spot next week with the following scenario. Eagles beat the Cardinals this week. Bears beat the Jaguars next week. Saints beat the Vikings, and 49ers beat the Cardinals. Can you imagine playing the Packers in Week 17 with a playoff spot already locked down? Fly, Eagles, fly. Let's go. Jalen Hurts, fly, Eagles, fly. Come on, guys. It's time to get it done. Uh, Logan, what about you? Anything left that you want to say before, before we get to unpopular opinion, Logan? I know you got a good one for us today. Um, any, any last thoughts you have about this game or the upcoming games? I think we just got to once again give Roquan Smith for credit for being just so damn good on defense. That man flies around. He comes out of nowhere, and uh, Ryan, you made a mention of Erlacher and the comparison to Erlacher and him maybe being better. I'm not trying to blow up your spot. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion for the future. You can decide on that, but he is so, so good, and it's just a, a joy to be able to watch him play defense every week and to be able to anchor that entire unit. I think I need to be clear, and what I mean by that is his sideline to sideline. I don't know if you watched a few of those plays, but, but he's on the far left of your screen and then makes a tackle on the right sideline. His speed sideline to sideline. And that, that's what Brian was really, really good at. Brian was probably better at uh, making interceptions, his, his time at safety in New Mexico. Uh, however, he, he, he's on pace. He's on pace to be something truly special. Jack, what about you? Any last final thoughts about this game or the Jaguars game or the Packers game coming up here? Well, I mean, I think besides Montgomery really coming into his own, and they did a great graphic, I think, about, you know, some of the uh, young receivers, or I'm sorry, the young running backs who have, you know, accomplished uh, great statistics, both catching the ball and running the ball. James Robinson's a beast. I mean, he is a very good back. Now, they do not have a lot of pieces around them. Um, 
I believe they do have Minshew back, which I think is also a factor. He's an athletic gunslinger. So I think Logan's point is an excellent one. You can't look past any game. I mean, we all look up at the scoreboard and we know some of the picks that we've made in our confidence pools. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, um, Carolina is crushing Kansas city. What? I mean, that, that didn't happen, but I think you get the idea. So uh, they can't overlook them. And, and you know what they more than any team in the situation that the bears are in need to show consistency. They need to especially beat the bad teams. And then it will be interesting to see if Mitch can play well and produce against a top tier team like green Bay. And just as kind of an addition to like, don't look past any week currently, as we record the New York jets are up 13 to zero on the Los Angeles Rams. So just, you know, who knows Rams might end up winning the game, but it's just another example. You do not know what can happen on any given week. That NFC East at times you watch Washington and you go, that front seven, Brian Highfield brought it up. That front seven is, is scary good. Ron Rivera, phenomenal coach with Alex Smith in at quarterback. You, you cannot like look past that team. And then, and then they're the NFC East. So, and, and whoever wins it might be at eight and eight or seven and nine. I just, I just don't get it. Jack, I know you're, uh, you're anxious to hop in and talk about uh, last, uh, last couple of weeks of uh, unpopular opinions. So, so Jack, let's hear it, man. Well, let's break it down for a minute. The beauty of an unpopular opinion is, is that it's unpopular. And so it's going to rub people the wrong way. Matt Lacoste and cheese, his aversion to cheese, that's just straight crazy. I mean, cheese is one of the most essential elements of life. Uh, I believe it's you know probably one of the most important food groups that there are. Uh, Brian Health, Highfill and Nirvana is overrated. Please, Brian. I mean, as a part of a revolutionary movement of music, you take STP and you take Nirvana and you take Pearl Jam and you put all those groups together. There is no denying. I don't even love Nirvana that much, but I'm not going to not going to go there on overrated. And I know you're not going to like this one, Ryan, but the last of the, the recent trilogies of Star Wars, um, the rise of Skywalker, it was pretty darn good. They took some risks in oh. the first, first one. They took no risks because they screwed up the prequels so bad. They went with a cookie cutter format in the second one, got a little more brave in the third one. I thought it, it kind of stretched it, it spread its wings a little bit. It wasn't bad at all. I kind of rather enjoyed it actually. Was Logan even alive when Nirvana was around? I mean, he's the, he's the baby of the crew. (laughs) I I think, I think so. Folks, I wish you could see his face right now. I, I, unfortunately we are, we're on a podcast. All right. So Logan, uh, we pick on you a lot, but looking back at the records, you have not yet thrown out an unpopular opinion. So in our text chain, we made sure that this week you've got it. So Logan, let's hear it. What is your unpopular opinion? Okay. This is, this is an opinion. This isn't something that I want to happen necessarily, but my unpopular opinion is that I think that the Green Bay Packers have and probably will win the Super Bowl. Why I'm saying that? The Chiefs are so good. They're, they're still the favorites. They're better than the Packers probably, but I think there have been holes poked in the Chiefs game this year. And I think the Packers showed last night that like 
Did they pay play phenomenal? No, not really. But their defense stepped up at certain points. And as long as you have Aaron Rodgers playing like an MVP, and he's he's a good chance of being the MVP right now, you have Devontae Adams, who's one of the best wide receivers I've I've personally ever watched, I think. And you have Aaron Jones, who went off last night. I, I know that not many people are going to like to hear this. I'm I, This is a safe space, Bears fan. The Bear Down Report podcast is a safe space. It's a place for us to talk about the things that we're thinking about. And this is an opinion that I've been thinking about. And I just, I'm maybe this is me pre-preparing myself for this being a real possibility. I am not a superstitious person until it comes to Chicago Bears football. We are in an awesome text chain. Folks, I wish you could be a part of it. Lots of great references and all of that and jokes. Just a little bit somewhere into the fourth quarter, one Logan Bradley texts out, I just know Mitch is going to throw some back-breaking interception or some kind of back-breaking turnover. And I said to him, why would you say that? And of course it happens. Mitch throws a terrible interception. Logan, why? of all the unpopular opinions you could have, man, like, go with something with gymnastics is better than name that sport or something. Come on, man. There's got to be something. And the fact that you are getting this riled up, Ryan, doesn't that just show just how unpopular it is and just how I've, I've knocked this unpopular opinion out of the park? And don't get me wrong. I'm not just doing it because it needs to be. I'm not Colin Coward over here. I'm, I'm saying it because I, I truly believe that it's a more than real possibility that the Packers win the Super Bowl in 2021. We say that almost every year, though, and it never happens. I don't say right it every now. year. I, I feel gross right now because of what you're saying. I, I feel like I will probably need to go and, and, and shower thoroughly after hearing these predictions. However, Ryan, you're right. Logan has this uncanny ability to predict things. I would say of the four of us so far, he's been the most spot on, which by the way, I need an over under for the Sunday night game. If you don't mind Logan, as long as you're on a hot streak. Um, But yeah, sadly, I think you might be right in that it just pains me, pains me endlessly to agree with you on that. So, so Logan, do you want to give us the over under for, for Sunday night while I I think about, how our friendship is over and I just, all the nice things I've ever said about you to you and your family, just, ugh. So yeah, the over under for tonight, so 44 and a half points, Giants, Browns. You have Colt McCoy at quarterback, I believe for the Giants, which which is really tough and it it, it hurts to, to even look at, at an over under line knowing that he's one of the quarterbacks and also knowing that Baker Mayfield is the quarterback for the Browns and he can be hot or cold at any minute. But I do lean going over on 44 and a half just because the Browns offense looked really, really good last week against the Ravens. They can put up some points. And I guess at that point, you just rely on the Giants to be able to put up, let's say like 14 to 17 points. And I think if the Giants are able to do that, I think I like the over. Mike, your scenario is taking a bit of a hit. Sadly, it looks like uh, Arizona didn't get the memo. Uh, they are up 19-7 to at the moment. Uh, two scores for uh, Kyler Murray. So, But there's a lot of game left. Folks, i got to take a minute, and Mike doesn't know I'm about to say this, but Mike, you got to know how much we appreciate the 
opportunity to be sitting and talking bears, uh, to have people actually listening to what we're doing. The thing that you created, I don't think anyone expected it to grow as fast as it has. And we just, we're, we're four bears fans that love talking bears and you've given us a platform in which to do so. And, uh, you know, we're just thrilled that we're about to be sponsored by Jeff Cadwallader, a uh, fantastic guy. And so, so Mike, thank you for, for bringing us on BDR, making us a part of this thing, man. We just, we can't thank you enough. Ryan, you're such a cheese ball. You're welcome. You guys make this happen though. It's all about you guys. I'm just really, really happy that you wanted to be a part of it, but you're a super cheese, Ryan. I love you for it. I'll never, never change. Quick announcement, uh, Jack and I have a very good friend, Dana Green, just had the birth of his first son, Julian. So congratulations to Dana and his wife, Heather. We are thrilled for you guys. I got to see a picture, absolutely adorable. There's some big stuff coming up here at the end of the season. We are uh, looking forward to some of our next guests that we have coming up. Again, we have Mike Fitzgerald, and Mike Jelinek, Mike will be talking about the Jaguars. Uh, Mike Fitzgerald will be talking about the Jaguars. Mike Jelinek will be talking about the Green Bay Packers. Hopefully we'll have Ross Kotzma back as well to talk uh, about the Green Bay matchup. We also have a standing invite of JJ Stankovitz from NBC Sports Chicago as said that he will be a part of the Bear Down Report podcast. We're excited to have him on. And Logan is going to be helping us put together our end of season awards. And so we are, uh, as a BDR staff, we're going to get on. We're going to talk about who's our MVPs, offensive, defensive, rookie of the year, all of those things. And we're really looking forward to that. As always, folks, thank you so much for sharing any of the BDR content. Thanks for all you guys do. Man, it feels good to say the Bears get a win. Unbelievable. And actually have a legitimate chance of going to the playoffs. We're going to be watching these next two games really closely. Folks, as always, bear down.